Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is the wizard of wins, if ever a wiz there was. If ever a weather a wiz there was, the wizard of Oz is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. Hi, Hyde. Hello, Aaron. How's it going? Good, good. Good good yeah. evening. <laughs> good evening to you too. We're recording at our normal scheduled time in the evening, which I think I prefer the quiet evening. I don't know about you. Well, I honestly, I'm not fully awake. Even if I wake <laughs> up at 6 a.m., my I am not awake until like 2 p.m. at the earliest, but like really in the middle of the night so (laughs) evening is sort of like a nice compromise for us because you're a morning person i'm a morning person but i like the recording at in the evenings there's something kind of yeah kind of nice about it yeah and um it's funny i i i know this about erin because she and i did a residency together in british columbia and we sort of worked a split shift Uh (laughs) you would work in the you would work in the mornings, or like you would work, uh, uh, like human hours, and then I would <laughs> yeah. rise from my crypt and tag team you, and then I would come to bed as you were getting up. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we tell each other all of our stories from, you know, previous hours, and yeah. we get caught up on the Bachelorette. And <laughs> that's right. That's right. Aaron introduced me to the Black Bachelorette, the Blackchelorette. <laughs> The Bachelorette and Modern Family Modern on, Family on that trip yeah. in 2017, and I had not really. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. I mean, I love Modern Family. <laughs> yeah, it's The Bachelorette, whatever. It's fun to watch with a friend who is snarky enough to have yeah, fun with it. Totally. But um, <laughs> shall we uh, get started with our guests this week? Yes, so um, we have uh, Brian Jones, and um, mm-hmm. he has chosen The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about Brian and his work? Okay, okay. Yeah, I've prepared a little something, a bio background. Cool. So Brian K. Jones is a Dallas, Texas-based figurative painter and bona fide cinephile. I've watched like <laughs> tons of movies on his couch. Um, He is one half of the collaborative duo Chuck and George, um, a partnership that is 30 years and running with his life partner and indentured servant, Brian Scott. (laughs) Uh, Together, these two artists have created an intricate alternate reality in which they have starring roles in caricature in a fantastical sphere that references a real-life library of personal anecdotes. They utilize painting, printmaking, paper mache, ceramic, wood carving, animation, and digital video in the creation of these fabricated worlds 
that feature an array, <laughs> I was gonna say, that features an entire array of dead animals known as roadkill, <laughs> parasites that live in their cat's butts, <laughs> unwitting door-to-door <laughs> -door Christian missionaries, apes, puppets, and satyrs among a plethora of characters and attractions. Their home in Oak Cliff is a repository of these numerous exhibitions. In an example of life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art again, their home, studio, and default museum serves as a living example of their creative and domestic lives. If you happen to be in Dallas at the right time of year, you might be lucky enough to experience these artists in their unnatural habitat <laughs> during the speed bump visual art tour of artist studios that has been in operation for 23 years now. Uh, that's in Dallas, Texas, in the Oak Cliff neighborhood. Chuck and George received a Mastermind Award in 2013 and a visual art roast in the form of a group show at Central Track entitled Who's Afraid of Chuck and George, in which more than 50 of their friends and peers made work honoring the two artists. Uh, Brian Jones received an associate's degree in advertising art from San Antonio College and then a double major BFA in painting, drawing, radio, TV, and film from University of North Texas in Denton, where he actually met Brian Scott. Um, to get some sense of Brian Jones and his artwork, <laughs> he lists as his major influences the comic book artist Jack Kirby, the German painter Otto Dix, as well as Hustler magazine and horror movies. This is, these are really great examples to like prepare you for the visual yes. onslaught. Um, yes. Jones, Jones's exhaustive body of flaming big text paintings and animations, and for those non-Texans in our listening group, big text is the deceased and resurrected mascot <laughs> of the Texas State Fair. Um, the, it is a giant cowboy, uh, and his head uh, caught on fire <laughs> when the engine operating its jaw um, failed. And uh, that was October 19th, 2012. And since then, uh, Brian has been making paintings of Big Tex on Fire. So because of this body of work, Brian Jones was recognized by Glass Tire as their number one pick for favorite Texas-flavored contemporary artworks. Um, also, lastly, uh, Brian has a video uh, called Five Minute Whiz. <laughs> and it's currently on view at the MAC member show in Dallas, Texas, and it'll be running through September 5th. So, uh, welcome, Brian. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to oblige. For an amazing artist guest today. Truly. It gave me the, it gave me the vapors. <laughs> well, um, Brian, we're really happy to have you on the show. You're a real natural. As I said, Brian's a cinephile. And mm -hmm. I've never known anyone that takes such, such, personally, I've never known anyone that's taken such refuge in um, cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, Brian, I know that a lot of our listeners have seen The Wizard of Oz. I'm sure mm -hmm. it's very much a part of popular culture. Tell us maybe why did you choose this uh, film to talk about today? Uh, it's, it's, 
I, I, I've been an artist as long as I've been breathing, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was a, my mom said I was a poo smearer. <laughs> Gross. I did all what? kinds of, a poo smearer. Okay. Oh, you Jackson Pollock as well. Did I hear that right? Okay, okay, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something. I mean, they praise an elephant or a monkey if they do it. <laughs> well, you know, making, uh, defecating is our first creative act. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Straight to the Whitney Biennial. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, in, in truth, it is the very first things humans make. And Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I and never, that you could be proud of. I never thought of that. Before. And you're actually congratulated on it because it um, yes. it shows that you're a healthy baby. Like you're you're you, functioning. You get, you get rewards. Oh, you do. Wonderful. You do. You do. I, I potty trained my little brother. Oh. <laughs> when he was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> when he was just a baby. You waited. You waited until he was a junior high. <laughs> well, he used to poop under the uh, dining room table. Ew, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope he's listening right now. Brian, enjoying this, is, this little. Moment. This is your time. You use it however you want. <laughs> <laughs> it all starts with poop. Okay, yeah. so back to the Wizard of Oz. Uh, it it just uh, the color. I think it was mm-hmm. like the third movie in color mm-hmm. historically or something like that uh-huh. like large movie and it came on television every year mm-hmm. yeah. and I used, I used to think it was around a November thing but I looked in the history of it and they, they started playing it in March in the 80s and 90s oh. a little more frequently than November uh, probably because of some football or sports thing yeah. mm-hmm. but it was um, perennial on, on yes. television back, back when you didn't have VHS even you know, and, and it's not everybody right. even had a TV or let alone a color TV. And when, when Wizard of Oz came on, the neighborhood stopped. Mm. It, it was like little watching parties everywhere. None yeah. of the kids were outside playing. We were watching Wizard of Oz. And uh, if, if, if the neighbors had a color TV, you know, uh-huh. that was the place to be. Yeah. What, what are you imagining, Brian? Where are you when you're first watching? What city? What? <sighs> Uh, probably San Antonio, probably in uh, uh, second grade. Okay. Probably, really, that's when I fell in love with it. Yeah. And uh, we we also watched Beauty and the Beast that year. Beauty, Beauty and the Beast would come on frequently as well, and uh, with without the subtitles though, the Jean Cocteau's version. Oh yeah, and, black and, and white. Uh, okay. Wizard of Oz. So. It's interesting it, that like both of those have these like beasts. So that yes. are like kind of silly looking, but they're supposed to be sort of. I always thought the the beast in that version was like f- hilarious. He he oh. was he was petable. Uh huh. I would pet- say. Yeah. And, so you're referring to the the cowardly lion. Yeah. Both of them are quite Oz And yeah. the beast and Beauty and the Beast. That's a mashup. And then mm-hmm. it also had um, like that was a one of the films that I think has one of the most like clever um uh like oh, special effects the, with the candles being lit down the hallway oh you, yes yes you, so like there's and Wizard of Oz is sort of known for a lot of these sort of like masterful mm-hmm. like special effects the, the wonderful thing about Wizard of Oz is, is that it's all stage mm-hmm. it's 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 there, there's right. no on there's no uh it's all on the stage it's all 
happening in front of you and, and mm-hmm. people got injured during them the, the mm-hmm. Margaret Hamilton got burned when the, she, uh, she disappeared in flames once and right because uh, they were using a real drop floor and uh, they they made the fire explode before she went through it too you know fast enough and it, oh it was all God. like theatrical things and yeah, uh, yeah. and it was just fascinating because it was it was like you know it they were shooting it all on set too mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it the set the set designs mm-hmm. as an artist mm-hmm. when you watch that movie mm-hmm. there's always something to look at mm-hmm. and it, it's it never stops entertaining there's a point when the when the the munchkins are entering their fourth song and you're 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 thinking please where's that witch at you know and she, <laughs> finally, she, she does appear like right there right when mm-hmm. you're right when the munchkins are pushing you to your limit mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't watch musicals i'm not a musical fan but i, I do enjoy every song in this movie for mm. the most part yeah and I, and I and i probably whistle uh if i only had a brain or sing parts of it i, I, I totally I, <laughs> I can't carry a note or anything, but I, I'm always murdering that song <laughs> throughout my day. And it's probably more about the reflection of how I think if, if I did have my brain myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it was a stunning, visually stunning movie. And the tornado. Mm. The tornado. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the most, one of the most impressive tornadoes on film. How did they <laughs> do that, Brian? It was a canvas tube with chicken wire. And it was on a miniature set, but it wasn't a tiny miniature set. It was right. it was pretty sizable. They had a, they had a lot of dust and a fan blowing through the, uh, uh, through the the tunnel, the little yeah. the little canvas muslin tunnel is what it was, with chicken yeah. wire. And and they were having it spinning and everything. It was gorgeous. It was yeah. like it was, you, you can never get enough of that that scene. Yeah. And, it's so dark at the mm-hmm. same time. It's it's such an American movie. Mm-hmm. It is Thomas yeah. Hart bitten. Mm-hmm. It is yes. Dust Bowl. Totally. It is it is even the sepia tone. Like there's mm-hmm. something that's sort of really nostalgic about that that decision. I don't know. Do you know why they that I couldn't find any you know explanation for that. I think they wanted they were being it was a dramatic effect mm-hmm. of of one of the first movies to have color, and so they, they kind of. They let it set there in the sepia tone for the beginning of the movie, which was the yeah. real their, their reality. And so this is this is 1939. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and uh, and in terms of like uh, how artists might use color, it's so effective to mm-hmm. sort of like train the eye, like get the eye used to the sepia tone. Yeah, and then when the full color comes, it's like psychedelic. Yeah, it's it's really trippy, and, and the way they shot that scene. Uh, where she's walking, she's black and white, and she opens the door. They they actually used a black and white set, and there was a there was a a, a double that was wearing a black and white version of her costume, mm-hmm. and uh, she kind of slipped behind the door after she opened it, and then the color door Dorothy, yeah. Dorothy exited because so there's clever. no edit. It's it's yeah. a continuous. Yes, shot. it was that a one shot thing. Okay, like that is absolutely amazing. But do you know the story of what they thought they were gonna do to get that effect, like? Because they had a different idea, a different approach. Okay, okay. Hi, do you know about this? No, no, tell us. Okay, this I think is magical because I feel like with great genius, like those moments when it's sort of like, it's so clever and you think somebody just had this amazing idea, but their first idea was they were going, this sounds absurd, but they were going to 
Okay, so in old movies like that, sometimes they would go in and like tint the black and white to put a little color oh, in yes, it. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, uh-huh. so they were going to do the opposite and take the color and make it black and white. <laughs> okay, so they were going to like reverse the black and white uh, sort of painting on, on the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that would have been... It's so that, painful. That, that would have been like, you know, if it, if it was 24 frames per second, that's, oh, that's right. the minimal, right. then they would be painting, they would be painting frames. It would still be in production today if they were doing that. But then, <laughs> you know, the fact that they were so clever and they painted, you know, the, 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 the doppelganger, the double, and, you know, had uh-huh. the sepia tone. And it's like, yeah, oh the, my God, it was so obvious, but... It's, the the know, stage of, the classic stage effects were, yeah. was... Just, yeah. And people don't really shoot on film anymore, mm-hmm. but it used to be that you could shoot like a color negative and then print on black and white mm-hmm. or, or something like that. There would be a way around it, but so many like uh, intricate strategies for um, post-production, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the pre-digital, you know, like now it's kind of like, I mean, not to belittle what anyone's doing, but I feel like. <laughs> this current age of like effects and it's CGI. like flipping yeah. switches and yeah. like you know it's uh <laughs> you have so many options at your disposal that mm-hmm. like it's i feel like people just sort of go into things and they'll go oh we'll figure it out later you know because they can yeah but at that time yeah. it's like oh no like you like matte painting and <laughs> to like do part of the you know, part of the frame would be mm-hmm. a painting. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I but. think that to me that that idea of like being so innovative with having like a sort of a limited amount of technology yeah. to me is so inspiring as an artist. And I'm sure Brian and Hyde as well, like you probably both feel that you know often we're sort of confronted with these sort of limited means or <laughs> exactly it's like we're going about something sometimes i find that like i have this the thing that happens where it's like the most the best thing is like the most obvious but it took like a little while to get there mm-hmm. it, you know? it sometimes helps to think with your eight-year-old brain uh, you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah. And, and, oh, and uh, Hyde used potato flakes at one of his shows. Oh, that was so good. And, and, um, I mean, we didn't it, eat them, but like... The, in the snow yeah. scene in Wizard of Oz, yeah. they used asbestos. asbestos. Oh, oh and, fuck. Oh, I know, you know. Which is funny, I thought, because they were in this field of like poppy flowers, which is supposed to sort of suggest opium, but yet they're surrounded by asbestos. It's like... Right, other poison. <laughs> and and the, the funny thing about the opium, too, is that this was... The film that they started hooking Judy Garland up oh with. Oh uh, my god! Speed oh and amphetamines god. and uh, and cigarettes, and right? Like, and c- well, her diet was because they thought she was fat. Yeah, and I, I think she's wonderfully corn fed. Yeah, say. like she has a nice she's, childlike she's quality. She's wonderful. And and yeah. but yeah, coffee, chicken soup, black coffee, chicken soup, and chicken broth cigarettes right? like, cigarettes cigarettes Not eating them, but as, a, as a 16 or 15 Damn. year old that's hardcore i mean well, remember there used to be ads about like smoking was good for you especially like menthol cigarettes or something they thought it was like a treatment for asthma all the ballerinas still do it oh my yeah God. i mean it, there's nutrients in it I'm well imagine. if you're gonna weigh 70 pounds wait a minute ballerinas 
And ballet dancers, rather, men and women, do you know that they will eat, like, cotton balls soaked in, like, orange, orange juice? juice. Ugh, it's so gross. I mean, yeah. bless their heart. I can't... Just to feel full. I've never been a performer, so I don't, I don't understand the pressures of that, but it just oh. sounds like you know you're not doing right by your body, you know? Right, but poor, yeah. Poor Judy Garland, I mean... She just, they tortured her on yeah. set. And I think the director would even slap her. He he did he did slap her. And that was during the lion scene where uh, she, she kept laughing in it. And there's a little bit of, there's a little bit in The Wizard of Oz where you can see a little, see her a little smirk curling oh. up. And uh, he he did slap her. He, he, he vastly apologized later. He actually asked uh, some of the co-work, some of the people on the set to punch him mm-hmm. in the nose because of what he did. Good. And uh, Judy walked over and gave him a kiss on his Aww. nose instead. And, uh, and I thought that was rather sweet. That is Man. so sweet. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Mm. And mm-hmm. There is, you know, currently, I mean, like, laws are different and all, but, like, I find that like, film production can be a brutal environment. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's an unusual story at all. It's probably like one of the oh. less <laughs> less disturbing stories. Hmm. Oh, of course, yes. But yes. awful, awful to hit an actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Unless they're a method actor. <laughs> they I mean, honestly. Slap them right in the face. Golly, I Because they're those... the ones that are going to hit you, too. So. Oh, yeah, totally. They're so abusive, for sure. Brian, what actor would you hit if you could? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Can, does it have to be alive or dead? Uh, well, it's not going to be any fun to hit a dead person, Aaron. That's true, but if you could fantasize, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, teasing. Whoever you want to hit. I, I, you know, I, I would, I'm going to consider Woody Allen an actor. Oh, because yeah. I want to punch him. Yeah. You yeah. know? Oh, and and he, he's probably the right size for me to actually physically be able to take. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think Mel Gibson maybe. Ooh yeah. Oh yeah. But only because of who he is. Yeah. Not not because of some sh- something yeah. shallow inside of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, You're on a roll. Who else, Brian? Who else? <laughs> Tell us everybody you want to punch who? in the face. Um, no, nobody else. Oh. Um, what? You're gonna you're gonna regret that you didn't say more. <laughs> Well, um, you're, no. you're going to go home and you're like, I should have said. I can He's, give you a list of people in Dallas I want to punch. Oh, I definitely want to know that. It's fine because nobody listens to this podcast. That's, that's it, not true. Spill it. That's I listen to it. Brian listens to it, and you know what? We have listeners from all around the world, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Well, it, it, wow. It's, it's, it takes a while. I mean, y'all, I've listened to almost every single one. I'm missing the last two so far. But uh, the uh, it takes a while. I mean, like, do you remember when you got on Instagram and you were just posting everything? You had like five friends, and then you, you look <laughs> yeah. back and you had like five likes on something that's really fabulous. <laughs> and you look at something now and you like... You, Oh, man, post, I know. post pictures of your poo paintings and you're getting you know, 150 likes or, or 5,000 likes. Or it's just a selfie and it's just like people go ape shit over it. It's like, yeah. it's just a picture of me, but okay. Um, oh, Instagram's weird. 
Mm-hmm. I really do want to know where these poop paintings are. Brian. <laughs> they were they were actually uh, uh, we I did them on site specific uh, parts of the house. <laughs> oh, good God! <laughs> hey, if that diaper wasn't gonna change itself. <laughs> so, um, Brian, like. I was thinking about like the aesthetic that you tend to have, which is mm. sort of you have like a sort of whimsical, childlike aesthetic um, mixed with grotesquery. Right, like you know, that is childlike. There's there's something <laughs> where you're sort of navigating these waters, where you're presenting something that's you know, like the imagery is sort of cute or silly mm-hmm. and then it can it kind of reminds me of like Ren and Stimpy a little bit <laughs> when you zoom into the tooth <laughs> that is the highest compliment I can give somebody I, because I I adored that when I was a kid I appreciate these compliments because I, I was just talking to a, a young artist a friend on Instagram the other day and we were talking about insults that you can put on your resume. Like, uh, uh-huh. like somebody said I was uh, Otto Dix meets Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, yeah, and, great. And, or something yeah. like that. German, German expressionism and Scooby-Doo Disco was a term used once. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and then somebody said that Chuck and George uh, go uh, try far too hard to be over the top. Uh-huh. And I just think they appreciated this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just heard this story about uh, the Tennessee Williams uh, film suddenly last summer with oh, Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery mm-hmm. Cliff and how uh, it was kind of a box office flop until yeah. a critic wrote <laughs> something about like if you like degenerate movies with overacting <laughs> this is for you uh, and then it became a hit <laughs> well, well listen to this one and see if you recognize which movie it is okay. a young girl Travels to a strange land, kills the first person she meets, <laughs> joins up with three others to kill again. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Yeah, yeah. It's so this movie, um, Wizard of Oz, I was looking into some sort of alternative theories mm-hmm. about this, and so some some folks think that is it Glinda, the the good witch, uh-huh. right? The pink white witch or whatever is actually like the villain of the story. Have you heard this idea? Uh, we we were talking about that last night how she's just manipulating this totally this, manipulates. this country girl into killing yeah. her political That's yes. right. And just because she employs Dorothy as an assassin. Maybe they're Jewish or something, you know. Right. Or, or right. a different skin color. Different skin color, yeah. And 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 you never know. I mean, it's oh. it's it is it. We were wondering that too. And 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 these, you know, she's just there to. She's also probably Irish, and so she's there mm. probably taking you know taking up her uh, protection collection from them, the the, the <laughs> poor little munchkins, you know. The poor munchkins, yeah. They're probably yeah. afraid of her. That's why yeah. they're sort of all jittery all the Don't time. Don't let those bubbles fool you. Uh-uh. She's a bitch. She is a bitch. You know, that is so interesting because she has this cloying sweetness mm-hmm. that's yes. sort of like in line with, say, like Southern gen- Gentilly. And, and, yes. But meanwhile, like, she won't help fucking Dorothy. And what she's did she like, say? Yes. What did she, she say? She's holding back. She's withholding information, mm-hmm. sending her on a wild goose chase, yeah. endangering her, and letting her do her dirty work. And also just... When she said, 
only only the ugly witches are are bad yes. or something like that. I, I mean, wrote she that down. she body shamed. Yeah, you know, and the way she looked at Dorothy and made her wear those new shoes too. Uh huh. Uh-huh. With socks, <laughs> <Yeah>. no less. <laughs> she made Dorothy like a drug mule. She looked. She did. She's like you're gonna travel across. You're gonna do well, this. Dorothy was already making bad decisions when she was back in Kansas. When she ran away, what the first thing she did was get into the guy's van. I know. Oh, she's that's so that strange man, older man's van. What I love is that. Okay, so I'm always sometimes I I put my art history hat on and it's I notice that she's wearing blue and blue is the symbol for the Virgin Mary and mm. I wonder if that's sort of like oh she is enforcing her sort of innocence and sort of virginity and so. It's no surprise that she's, you know, such a, you know, she's so naive in these situations. Um, and then she falls for the, you know, the clairvoyance. Mm, yes. Uh, you know, it's like, duh. Like, of course, he's grabbing your basket, making you close your eyes, and, you know, all of this. Grabbing um, your basket. Yeah. <laughs> he grabbed her basket. Yeah, I mean, he did grab her basket. He did. He's like, grab her by this, the basket. You close your eyes. Let me, you know, do my whole my whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to get back to 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 Glenda because I was thinking about how she yeah she's a sort of a master manipulator, uh-huh. and yeah. what I didn't really okay I don't know what the 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 message is confusing at the end to me and i and i've never really thought about it before because you're like yeah home is where you want to be right that you Uh shouldn't but then when i was really thinking like so they're saying that whatever you desire if it's outside of your home Mm -hmm. then it doesn't exist or something like that's a weird message to me i kind of think of this as her yunga springa well, you know, in a way, it's that? like, that's oh. the youngest spring. And I'm going to pop, I'm not saying it right. Mm. That's like, that's when the Amish kids get the leave when they're oh 16. Oh my God, yes, okay. And they, they go away for a year and yeah, come back. I think back. it's called Rum, Rum Springer. I thought it was Junga. <laughs> I don't that know. could be the German. I'm not Amish. Okay, we're going to look it up. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's kind of like Dorothy's thing, but I, I think it's part of the Americanism okay. thing, too. Yeah. There's no place like home, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Don't you know? And, and kind of like cultivating xenophobia. Yeah, of course. Yes. It's like, yeah. oh, those foreigners and all their exotic ways. You better stay home. Right. You're only safe at home with your, like, molester uncle. <laughs> it's there. There. There is. I don't know if you. I. I, I consume a lot of Wizard of Oz type stuff. Uh-huh. I don't watch Wicked the play mm-hmm. but I, I love the Wicked books by Gregory McGuire it's like a quadrilogy mm-hmm. I uh-huh. listen to them every few years again you know over it's because I just want to live with these characters mm-hmm. and uh, they're, yeah. they're so different in the Wicked books um, and the book was which was devastating to read and I read that on a beach in Barbados while mm-hmm. I was working in Barbados and uh it is it is about Judy Garland's mother, um, who was a monster, uh-huh. and uh, a man dearest. dying of the AIDS, yeah. and um, Dorothy Gale. Mm-hmm. All three 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 little stories intertwined, and and yeah. they were all tearjerkers. Oh. Dorothy is molested. And this book is called Was. It's called Was W A S, and okay. and uh, Dorothy's being molested by Uncle Henry, <gasps> oh, and uh, oh, in the cornfields, and. Uh, you know she's she's got low self-esteem and bad skin mm-hmm. and frank Baum is her substitute teacher in this story and, and he starts <laughs> he starts putting her in he's trying to help her at first but he mm-hmm. starts putting her in the, these books 
And, so he's exploiting uh, her. He's exploiting her. Oh, and uh, but there's a, there's a point where Auntie M is speaking in tongues in this book at a, at a oh, tent wow. revival. And it, it is. This it, sounds fantastic. It's a fantastic book. The this part is of the, the same author as um, Wicked. No, no, no. It's earlier than his career, mm-hmm. and it's just called. And I can't remember his name. Gregory McGuire did Wicked. Oh, and, so he's uh, been kind of like like ruminating on Wizard of Oz as material source material for like oh, a lot a, of projects. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people do. I mean, C three PO is totally. The Tin Man. Mm. And, oh uh, my God! I never thought of that. That's so true. What? Which? Who was your favorite in the movie? Did you have a favorite? Okay. Besides the witch. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm always partial to. Who would that be? Oh shoot! I think I always liked the Scarecrow. Ray yeah. Bulger. Yeah, yes. I love the way he's sort of gangly and he has these sort of silly sort of <laughs> gestures. He's got and great then, dance moves. Yeah, he's called, yeah, and he's just yeah. like a like he's like bungee cord mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. you know limbs. And then my one of my favorite parts in the movie, it's the saddest part I think. The not the part where Toto almost dies because I really hate that part. But <laughs> what the part where. She's telling all of her friends goodbye because she's going back home. Mm-hmm. And then she says that she'll miss him most of all. And I just totally choke up when I... Oh. Yes. Because I think yeah. about all the friends that I've made and I mm-hmm. totally never call anymore. And then I feel super <laughs> sort of sappy about it. And so that would be probably my... But also, I think because I have blonde hair and I get <laughs> this like you know, dumb blonde. So I relate to the character. Uh. (laughs) Um, Hyde, what about you? Who's your favorite? Oh my God. I mean, I do love this movie and it had been a really long time since I'd seen it. So I was really Mm -hmm. glad to have an excuse to watch it again. But, um, I mean, like you have to marvel at the skill of that, like main cast, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. of, 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 yeah, the Lion Tin Man, um, um, a scarecrow and Dorothy, you know, they're just fantastic. And you, I remember though, like probably the thing that had the mo- the biggest impression on me as a child was the witch was so scary to me. Mm. Like oh, I yes. remember, like like you know, like watches <laughs> sitting on the carpet in front of the TV and like you know standing up when the witch is threatening <laughs> Dorothy and like you know like yelling at the TV. <laughs> like, you want to protect like, You leave her alone. You know. <laughs> yes. I, I I loved the I loved the pantomime of the witch's mm. hands. She always had her hands mm-hmm. doing something. She was her yeah. acting was so exquisite and 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 uh, and and she did all this when she contrasted the hands with her costume. Mm-hmm. They were always yeah. against that black and and she was right. It is such an engaging film. Yeah, amazing. And there wasn't a, there wasn't enough of her. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, yeah, Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what have you ever heard of this theory that this is sort of propaganda in a way? Um, directed um, I have not. Women specifically. It's it to me when I watched it, I was oh. thinking these are some very powerful female characters. This is the original Mean Girls. Auntie M, starting with Auntie <laughs> M, who's running the farm. You she know? is. And so I, I was just wondering. She's no nonsense, Auntie M, for sure. 
Um, and then Dorothy's the dreamer, you mm -hmm. know, and then you've got these, you know, the villains and the... So these are Jungian archetypes. My, the thing that I, and I can't remember, I was trying to figure out the source for where I saw this and I couldn't find it, but there's a theory that, okay, so the message is specific to Dorothy, who's a young woman, and it is that you should stay at home home mm -hmm. and you kind of got this world war ii thing in the background and you know not that it sort of syncs up you know perfectly with world war ii but you know at one point like women were supposed to go back home and be a part of more domesticity and let go of the jobs that they had and the power um that they had you know because of the war mm -hmm. and so there could be this sort of like pretty clear message to women like you know, maybe go back home and, you know, like that's where, you know, you really belong. And I, I think that's so sneaky, <laughs> if that's true. I doubt it. I don't know if that was intentional because mm -hmm. I don't think World War II had really gotten off, especially Not, in America. We were, I, well, it was, it was getting dark. Yeah. And, and, and there was... The, it was sort of foreboding. It was, it was boiling up yeah. over in Europe. And, and, and um, I, we did have World War II and... And and I think there's a bit of a hint of civil war mm. in this, you know, or mm -hmm. the the bruise we have from, from the civil war, mm -hmm. like oh. a high point of that, the colonialistic qualities. Oh yeah, of, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What is the date on the film again? 1939. Oh okay, okay. Which was the same year that um, Gone with the Wind came out. I think. It's the same. Jesus. There, there was there was six directors Damn. on The Wizard of Oz. By the time they got to Victor Fleming, I believe, or wow, and um, Victor Fleming was taken off to go to because he had to work on uh, Dawn with the Wind, mm -hmm. and then the I can't, he had to I, go slap Vivian Lee. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, sorry guys, I <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm imagining the Carol Burnett version of Vivian Lee. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's my. That's the only version. one I watched. <laughs> I know that's like me, and I only watch Spaceballs for Star Wars. <laughs> that's my when people reference Star Wars, I'm like Spaceballs. Which yeah, part? <laughs> I know. Why would you need to watch anything? I've never seen Star Wars. I've um, never seen it. I've watched them. I've watched them yeah. um, here and there, and um, I lived next to a drive-in theater, and and uh -huh. and we had moved from uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, to El Paso. We had driven down. Um, and lived in the desert after living in Alaska. And there was a drive-in movie theater right next to us. And we were always really just poor. Um, we were so poor, we had, we had uh, uh, what do you call it? Landfill, garbage landfill day on Sundays. No. <laughs> Where we would go look for things. And I got to keep, I, I would get to keep a toy. Oh. And, uh, and my dad would find something to, to reupholster or refinish. Yeah. And, and who, mom would find a new dress, I suppose. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. But, In the dump. Uh, exactly. And and then also we would go over to the other dump, which was like where they put the, the compostable stuff. Oh. And we watched all the Kodiak bears and the seabirds oh, that were always God. there and, and the wild animals that were the foxes and such. Oh, wow. It was like a zoo. <laughs> Our garbage dumps were for shopping and going to the zoo in Alaska. And, this uh, is kind of a, a dust bowl picture you're painting. <laughs> well, then moving down to El Paso, I, we, watched, we, uh, we watched Star Wars without sound like, the first six times. 
I feel and, like yeah. And when like I finally got it with sound, it was like God. This this is such high school acting. <laughs> I, I I wanted this <laughs> one, and then it was it was, although it was it was fun to finally hear it with sound. Mm-hmm. But I think even as a kid, I knew there was no sound in space. Oh, that's and right. So that, that always bugged me in movies. Yeah. I feel like your childhood was probably maybe documented by Dorothea Lange or something. Like, <laughs> you're one of those little kids on that woman's shoulder. You know? Oh, I got some, I got photographs. <laughs> um, so, yes, Hyde. So, like, I, you know, I, I don't want to miss an opportunity to talk about your painting mm-hmm. and describe what it is like you have you have been such a prolific painter during your (laughs) career and like like we're saying primarily figurative and there are a lot of uh, like your proportions are very much like the munchkins (laughs) and you know you've got like these rosy cheeks and these kind of like absurd costumes i'm glad you brought this up striped socks (laughs) the crappity elves are very uh, sculpted, I would suppose. Uh, um, yeah. So there, there are wiz- There's a lot of Wizard of Oz in our work, and there's Wizard of Oz and Chuck and George work a lot. Um, we've had the Flying Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flying Monkeys. Well, there's a Flying Monkey story I have to tell you in a minute, but um, it's it's the color, the the people, the odd shapes of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the sort of like the overacting, the sort yes. of like grimacing the and dark like... the the comedy with the darkness mm-hmm. underneath it and yeah. and, and the uh, tears the drop the melodrama honestly the melodrama and then yeah and just the hap- the, the the fact that they could have happiness in these points in this in this movie where everything's horrible but Dorothy is just such a wonderful mm-hmm. little creature mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and I just fall in love with that. Every character, every part of this movie, yeah. every little inch of this movie, every time I see it. And I do watch it usually in November as my, my Wizard of Oz. And so I've watched it. We did watch it last November, but we watched it again last night. And Brian was, he was hemming and hawing about having to watch it again. But he, <laughs> you fall right into oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you... It, it it takes you over and it feels like a short movie. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it does. It feels yeah. too yeah. short. Yeah. And uh, I gotta say, I've also watched it in um, so many different ways. Uh, and I haven't watched it completely in Spanish with English. <laughs> but you can, if you have a Blu-ray player, mm-hmm. they have twenty languages on this thing. Oh my god! And they have what? all these subtitles. That's not gonna so learn Portuguese. I've watched The Witch is wonderful in Spanish with the Spanish dubbing. Ooh. That, do you hear the are the songs in English or the, the songs, songs are in English? English? I wish they weren't. I wish they were Damn. followed through. But you know, you want to hear Dorothy singing. You want to hear yeah. uh, Judy Garland singing that. But uh, yeah. I thought so I thought the German language would be would be a little fun with the rosy cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and um, it it wasn't as it wasn't as well acted. I would suppose, but mm-hmm. the Spanish came across wonderfully, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and the Italian was uh, was fun. And it it changes the way you see the movie mm-hmm. completely because yeah, yeah but I I had to say because of the American dialect of the moment especially the the uh, the Brooklyn accent I think mm-hmm. for that the tiger had oh my I mean, god the lion yeah. had mm-hmm. and just the inflections that All language had and inflections had a, the language back then was was di- was different and yeah. and it was. Um, 
especially movie language. We and, had transatlantic yeah. accent, mm-hmm. which I love because then you have to sort of pronounce certain letters. Like instead of saying water, you say water. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's like, yes. We should you know, bring that I up. wanted to say this was the first time I was aware of these are supposed to be farmhands in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And they all sound like they live in Brooklyn. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn was probably having some hard times back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you guys, we got to go to Can- Kansas. We got jobs in Kansas. Well, uh, I, think, I think these guys were probably um, tr- like hobos, you know. They mm-hmm. probably were... Oh, like the characters, not the actors. And and, and as, as a, the, the kind of ho- the hobos that travel in the chain and, and trains and work, not just what we use as the term for homeless people, mm-hmm. but uh, right, just actual hobos where they traveled and and, and settled in. They were transient workers, and and there was a lot of them during this time. And uh, there was, you know, we had just got out of World War Two One, like. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah, that it wasn't long that ago, long. was it? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these guys seemed like they were about that age. Yeah. Like they were more okay, veterans, okay. maybe. Um, because I, we've got to be sticklers for authenticity totally. in, in this fantastic well, film with witches yes. and flying monkeys oh my and God. little people. Well, that... I gotta. I'm gonna have to. Just, I have to jump into the special effects. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about the the miniatures, mm-hmm. where the witch flies. Mm. You know, oh yeah. The little toy witch flies and the monkeys, the little toy monkeys, and the uh, surrender Dorothy in the sky. Mm-hmm. One of yeah. my most favorite mm-hmm. parts ever. It's just, and and I love little Dorothy's doll legs when she's kicking when they're I'm, ah. I'm, I'm doing my fingers just yeah little, legs. little scissors little she's like yeah little, little scissor kicking while she's being toted off by the flying monkeys yeah. <laughs> and and since we got off if you just mentioned hobos and flying monkeys i'm going to go into that flying monkey story and it was mm-hmm. it was rather weird and it, and and it makes me want to question what if this movie was to represent if the characters were to represent uh, different religions, you Ooh, know, yeah, what yeah. would it be? And it just, I was thinking that yesterday. And, 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 uh, but to, to my hobo story, it was, uh, Brian and a friend of ours was coming out of, uh, Alibaba's restaurant on Lower Greenville here in, in Dallas. And, uh, we were going to across the street to, <laughs> to half price books when it was over there. It was a long time ago. Uh-huh. And, um, this, man started chasing us and he was yelling at us panhandling and uh i was kind of you know I, I i'm nervous I, I was going a little faster and uh just going into the bookstore and he yells at uh our friend mariana who's who's a jewish woman he says hey you're gold on my ear and, and then he yells at brian who's irish catholic you you're one of the kennedys <laughs> And he followed me into the bookstore, and, and I'm trying to hide behind a magazine. And he's like, you, you're a flying monkey. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, he's a psychic hobo. And, and those are always wonderful because, you know, those are the ones that walk up to you and tell you things wow. that you don't know. Yeah. Or you, you should know. It's See, like, just like the wizard with the, that yeah. made Dorothy get in his van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like, <laughs> this, I'm like, oh, my God, because I was raised as an atheist, I would say. Uh-huh. And, and I'm like, is, is that him seeing me as a evolution person you know, flying monkey. and uh, maybe you're reading a little into, into it. it I don't know whenever I give money to somebody who's a homeless person they always end up asking me out and I'm like mm, <laughs> that's a hard no I'm afraid um, yeah, I'm afraid, yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, you know okay so don't I, do it don't 
don't do it, folks. Um, I um, I was thinking a lot about like I don't know if you identify as an outsider artist, Brian, or not. Like, do you claim that I, I, in your practice? I or I can't claim it. Um, I know you have an art because of the way they define it. I believe right. I, I, I believe I'm self-taught as far as I did go to a university. I, I feel the same <laughs> yeah. way. And I, I think, Hyde, you might also sort of, like, I technically, I don't think we can say that we're outsider artists, but, like, I don't really dabble in any material that I was, like, technically trained no, in. No, no. Uh -huh. And I often, like, reject a lot of these sort of, like, um, you know, academic uh, traditions or, like, you know, these sort of like... <sighs> not the boring ones. I mean, yeah. you're not post-skills. Hyde's not post-skills. No, I, not post-skills. Not, not at all. But, and, 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 but you're, you, 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 you make the things you want come, uh -huh. to, come to reality mm -hmm. in the way that you do them. Right. And, and, the, and, the, and the, the particles that you make it out of mm. are things that you have a high interest in. And right. so it's, it's, it's particulated with, with all these things of interest. Right. And, right. And, and it all comes together. And, and, and Yeah. It's... So I think what you're talking about is like extending the crafts that we're versed in. Yes. To, to find the results. That, to envision the work we're, we're... Or wait, no, to manifest the work we're envisioning. <laughs> we're capable. Yeah, I, I like that yeah. word capable. Um, and I think that, well, I was just thinking that, you know, there are artists that are really invested in like these, you know, very traditional academic, mm -hmm. you know, sort of means. And then you have other artists that I think kind of go against the grain a little bit more than, than something that's more, like when I say traditional, I don't mean like landscape painting. I yes. mean like, you know, you know, really kind of invested in art history and these sort of like little winks and nods and, you know, that make people feel more important than sometimes they might actually be. But I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like going into this too much. But um, I was thinking a little bit about how Dorothy might also identify as an outsider. And mm -hmm. I, I really kind of felt drawn to that feeling of like not really belonging um, in some sort of academic circles. Yeah. She, uh -huh. Dorothy seemed like she belonged in Oz she a lot did. more. She was accepted she seemed, a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, she was ignored People at home. People were trying to kill her dog. I mean, yeah, it was a she great was, place. She was ignored at home. She had to... She had to live in sepia tone, you know. Once you go color, you don't go. You back. don't go back. No, nope. don't not at all. <laughs> well, you know, I did want to point out, like when she runs away from home, she meets uh, the snake oil salesman, <laughs> yeah. psychic, and she and the and the tornado comes up, and she runs home, and at that point, everyone else in the family, all the hired hands and such, have gone into the cellar, right. and she's locked out, yeah. and she runs over to the cellar. And she's banging on the door, mm -hmm. but they can't hear her. Mm -hmm. So she's literally locked literally out locked of the out. world. Like she's 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 left, and then when she's tried to come back, she's she's locked she's out. She's been abandoned, yeah, by yeah. her her family. Um, yeah, one thing that I was thinking about earlier was again going back to the manipulative good good witch in, in quotations. 
And I was thinking how it sort of mirrored like the experiences that I had in 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 art school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I feel like you get there and they're like, okay, you know, like you you got some skills and you know you're you're kind of doing this thing, but like we want to like push you in a totally different direction well, just to fuck with you. Well, either <laughs> either because their professors would tenure and they're uh-huh. bored. Uh huh. Oh, and, yeah. And so they're just they're just using the students as like the way Glinda uses people. She totally people. used She's Glindy. a user. Yeah. And um, you know, it pits you against people, and yes. and, and it doesn't takes oh takes God. what is sincere about your work sometimes, uh-huh. and doesn't let you do that. Yeah. Steers you away from that. And Brian and I used to joke about if we went to grad school, we would switch portfolios. <laughs> yes. And then and then when I went to grad school, and they're like. Oh, Mr. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want you doing all this penis work, mm-hmm. you know. And so, okay, maybe <laughs> I'll switch, I'll switch to poo, or so, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's much genius, more different. Genius. And so now you're just doing it. Yeah. You know, but we we never even attempted grad. Well, Brian did attempt graduate school, um, but I, I I barely this finished is... my BFA because of uh, just conflicts with I've... professors and. Uh, uh, yeah. Mostly my film and the film area of, of um, I had a professor who, uh, her name was Dr. Veter. I'm going to say it. she's probably dead. I've been looking for her obituary <laughs> in the UNT <laughs> obituaries. What is what is? <laughs> and, and, okay, and she's I haven't dead. found now it can, yet. But uh, <laughs> I always called her Dr. Veter. I mean Darth Veter. And uh, <laughs> she I she think would every school had one. She embarrassed me in class constantly. Uh-huh. She's like, I yeah. wish art students weren't allowed to take my film classes. Ew. And uh, yeah. and and oh she even said this much. You're and she wouldn't approve my film treatments because they were weird or something for mm-hmm. her. And she's like, you're. You're giving me a racer head, and I'm asking for Gone with the Wind, and and I'm like, you don't get to pick my movie, right? You oh great. my god, right? And 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 I wrote a paper about the Beauty and the Beast movie, mm-hmm. and um, she she said I couldn't. She gave me a zero because it was French. It was in it was a French movie, and it what? had and uh, it also wasn't a horror movie or something like that. Even though it was in all seven of her right. catalog books that she used to make her. That's so a reading course, oh and my uh, God. I just was, you know, that and, and the experiences in the painting department, mm-hmm. which I love UNT, and there's a lot of strong people that come out of University of North Texas Hello. all the time, and wow. but she she and, sounded like she did not know how to cultivate young talent. That and she, she was did, just, but um, the the other professor in that department though um, caused a race riot. His name is Dr. Washington. Oh my God. He he said that. Uh, the black students were inferior. Oh my! He said God. that out loud, and there and wow. there was there was a big protest. Yeah. They, some people called it race right. It was a big protest, Jeez. and uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's and, not like you to exaggerate something, Brian. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. But there's it was just it was just this space of no growth uh-huh. for that department. There, it quickly came. It came around after I had been. I had to, I had escaped. Yeah. And, uh, but the, the art, art department, you were, I didn't feel like, I really felt like I was going to learn something when I went to a university. Right, right. And uh, I actually was, I transferred over as an advertising major there, but um, all the projects at the UNT were for uh, the cheerleaders or a, a jazz band mm, or football, the football okay. team. And it was like, this feels like high school. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I just got an associate's degree in San Antonio College and we had real clients. 
We had wow. real professionals teaching That's the class. That's a good school. And, and, and we were the only junior college that would compete in like the Addies, yeah. which are usually for the higher level colleges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it was just horrible at UNT. It was, it was I don't know, I wasn't ready for my, my escape from Kansas, obviously. Now, now UNT has a, a wonderful reputation, though. It does, and it deserves it and, and it, and it has grown a lot since I've been there. I've, I've also, I was a, I was the kind of student, I mean, I was always angry, mm-hmm. which is good if you're an art student. Mm-hmm. And because I was a figurative artist, and um, um, there's a particular piece in one of our shows. It's my portrait as a, as a, a raw chicken in a microwave. <laughs> and uh, it's a portrait of me as a raw chicken. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and it goes back to a critique in class. And I won't say the professor's name. Oh, please do. Um, I can't. And I, I really please love this person as a human. And, uh, uh-huh. and um, I, I was in this class, Advanced Painting Studio, and um, I hung up this... I worked a midnight shift, too, so I was, I was just grumpy and tired. Mm-hmm. I hung up... A, actually, well, the previous week, this guy had uh, did a, v, a VHS of him killing a chicken or something mm-hmm. for a painting studio class. And uh, we watched it. We accepted it. I didn't accept it, really. Mm-hmm. But um, this class, I followed him in critique. He, he had a video of him microwaving and eating the chicken, the chicken that he had killed. This is the same artist. And I'm thinking, you microwaved a chicken? It died for being microwaved? And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, how pitiful. Mm-hmm. You know, get a cookbook out or something. And uh, honor that chicken. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like post-skills cooking, you know, as well right. as art and... Uh, I saw I, I I followed him up with a painting of me as baby Hitler, and it was and the reason I was wanting to paint this was because I was born in Germany, my entire family's from Tennessee, and I was born in Germany, and um, my uh, mom's side of the family called me baby Hitler, and uh, as a nickname, and and we also because. I was so born in as Germany a term of as a term of endearment, and so. Uh, I also only had like one real baby picture because, and that was required for a passport. Oh wow! So, I wanted to talk about this. It was important to me. It was meaningful. It was about, you know, maybe something I felt about my family only photographing me once mm-hmm. and uh uh-huh. and calling you, <laughs> you know, as, as a baby and then being called baby Hitler. Like, like, and, <laughs> and it was like this little it was like my passport baby photograph but with a hitler mustache, it, a was little a mustache. Little, it was a little painting and i have uh-huh. i have chronic hitler hair often as i grew up you know just <laughs> you know as i got older it's like every haircut i had was hitler hair and it's just a natural formation of my hair i guess but uh I, the, the teacher the teacher just looked at the painting and he said, this is not a watercolor class. And, I know who you're talking about. Yes. And I exploded. Yes. I just walked over and ripped it off the wall and I yelled, it's not a motherfucking microwave chicken class. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody that critiqued after me cried because I was so fucking mean. Oh, wow. Because I was not allowed to show my work. Wow. And... and, uh-huh. and I've actually been censored out of quite a few shows, and Brian gets really jealous of that. And there's not even nudity to involved or anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. for the most part. It's it's amazing. Oh man! I think it's just the ugliness of yeah. it sometimes. Yeah, I think that sometimes those settings. You know, I I have some similar stories from North Texas where, I mean, it's just you went to school there as well. I did. Right? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I one of the things I love listening to y'all's podcast is. Uh, the uh, Ooh, we just went meta. These stories, <laughs> these stories. I've always wanted to be in a 
uh, MFA talk with uh, oh, Aaron. And <laughs> You're going to be really, like, underwhelmed, I think. The, the way you were talking earlier about professors sort of messing with students yeah. and I was and and pitting them against each other mm -hmm. it made me think about like the art student as avatar mm -hmm. for this like war game this gladiatorial oh yes. challenge okay. between yes. artists it's like it's almost like the way a reality tv producer would pit pit characters against one another create drama this happened to me and I I know that mm -hmm. this is like the thing that everybody's like, oh my God, that happened to me because it happens so often. But in in graduate school, what happened was like you got you got caught in between these two crosshairs, crosshairs of these two professors where it's either you're representational or you're not. And you had to pick a side or the other. And I, it's so stupid, right? But like, in the middle of my... Um, it's like a gang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... You figured it out, yes. you know, maybe halfway through, and then you had to pick a side. And unfortunately, I picked a side, and then I changed my mind, um, like my <laughs> last semester. <gasps> and it was just like... Uh, uh, and and I and you're I, lucky you didn't get no cut, I got I, I I was told that I wasn't gonna graduate um I was and I also what? wanted to experiment on installation which is something that I do um you know a little bit more now um but it was something that I felt like I was like I feel drawn to installation I have this idea and I was told that if I did it in my thesis exhibition then I wouldn't graduate and I'm like why the fuck am I here? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand it. Like, and this is, I think it's sort of typical for a lot of art students um, who have these experiences where it's like, you're, you're in art school to kind of grow and learn. And first they, they get you in just like fucking Glenda. They're yeah. like, we kind of like what you're doing. They sent you down that yellow brick road. But you gotta go down this crazy path. <laughs> and you need these ruby slippers. <laughs> and you're gonna get beat up and you're gonna think like, who the fuck am I to make art and question your whole identity? And and then in the end, you get to the point where you were at the beginning, where you're like, I think I'm come full uh -huh. circle where who I always it's, was. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay. And then you have to sort of validate. I totally hate sometimes gratitude. I mean, I'm glad I went, but like, <laughs> fuck that. You're, it's, it's, but they were like, like, like a, you were sent on a fool's errand. I was. Errand. I was yeah. It's like, just so told, tell me, tell me how to get there. But then again, it's like, you know, the, the adage that life is not a destination. It's the journey. It, mm -hmm. it, and there's and, no place and, like so home. There's no place like home. Yeah. If, if, if she, if, if Glenda just sent Dorothy back, she wouldn't have met any of those characters. That's she true. She had grown. some bitches she needed to kill though. She, right. I think. But the, here's here's. She needed to go get post-traumatic stress disorder. Those characters were already in her life, mm -hmm. like they were a mirror of her sepia-toned life, and yeah. then she went right back to it, and everything was fine, and and like she had this like, was that a dream? Was it reality? And it's like I. I guess to me the the problem with Glenda and her whole like you have to go on this journey to like she already like the thing is she decided that she wanted to go back home to Annie M and her uncle and like before she got to Oz like she had already had that in her mind I need to go back home 
And that's the message that she got in the end was I wanted to go back home and fuck desire, I guess, your heart's mm-hmm. desire. I just don't under I don't understand it. Like well, I love this movie so much and yet the message I think is so weird. Mm-hmm. Help me understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're even um genetically related. Auntie M and Uncle, because she is a orphan. And here's the other: yeah, she's an orphan. She's had trauma, Mm -hmm. right? She's probably been abandoned by Frank Baum. Saw that. Yeah, I mean, there's something going on there with Dorothy, and she doesn't have her mother and father, and she lives in a family that that doesn't understand her. What is it? PTSD. PTSD dog. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, she. uh, And remember. (laughs) The the clairvoyant said you're misunderstood. People don't understand. I just feel for Dorothy in the the way that she was manipulated. She had good skin though. She had wonderful skin, wonderful even though she skin. was smoking like a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So Aaron, um, the 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 what is the test you talk about? Oh, the Bechdel test. Yeah. Bechdel test. Yeah. So this passes, right? It does right? pass, because... which is amazing because it's from 1939. It's. Uh-huh. It, I sometimes I watch these older movies and they they, they are hard to for new listeners. Will you explain the Bechtel test? Yes. Okay, Bechtel test. It's a very simple media metric where two female characters who must have names have to have two lines of dialogue between them about something other than a man, and this happens in The Wizard of Oz <laughs> several times between an M between. And Dorothy and the the witches and it happens quite often. So and the thing is like I think because there's not like a romantic subtext, like Dorothy's not like trying to like get with the scarecrow. They're like just friends and it <laughs> what I love about Then why is she acting so slutty? <laughs> She's such a slut. <laughs> well She's a sloot. Okay, that's what we call sluts now. What do we call them? Sloots. Sloots. Mm. <laughs> I don't know this. It's a, it's a, it's a, now, um, so, you know, because slut is sort of like, you know. Um, too not, shaming. Oh, it's too shaming. So, sloot sounds a little nicer. Sloot. Is that a real thing? I think so, but <laughs> Ben and I, my boyfriend, we, we call each other sloots all the time. Sloots. It's <laughs> better than troll hole. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> uh, Brian, there's nothing better than troll holes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell Brian every night before we go to bed. Good night, troll hole. Uh, you know, it did. I have to say, watching the credits, it did break my heart a tiny bit that like all of the little people that were in the oh were just like the way that they were just Clumped. like grouped in. <laughs> yes. Like. It, like, none of them were, like, given proper credit. It's just like, they're munchkins. But I've heard that they were really difficult to work with. I was wondering how many were proper actors. Did you hear about I don't. Part? I don't know if it's true. You don't but know if it's true. Have, That's a myth. Have you seen the movie Over the Rainbow with no. Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher? No, 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 no I have not. No. Um, it's about that. Okay. It is about that. It is, it is, they are the, Carrie Fisher is working with the Wizard of Oz movie and she has to she's the munchkin wrangler and um yeah there's it's all sex and drinking yeah 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 lots of drinking and and it's it was way funner than I remembered I had watched it recently is it based on reality it's based on the rumors there's so much mythology well even them putting their hands up Dorothy's dresses yes that's right that and and that it well I mean allegedly they had never 
I, I imagine the excitement. Um, they had never, some of these small people had never been around small people before. Mm. This, the, and, yeah. and, and it was their very first time. And so they were enamored with each other. They were, oh. they were. It's like first time at Pride. They were high on it. And I don't think yeah. a lot of them were from America, from what I understand, which is why a lot of the voices come from one particular character because oh. they couldn't speak English. That happens a so lot. So they were on vacation. They're mm-hmm. having a good time. Right? They they immigrated uh-huh. to America for this. That's and, amazing. No way. Wow. That's dedication. Opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, Okay, I was going to say that I thought one of the things that I love about The Wizard of Oz is that it's this epic movie basically for children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and maybe I'm sort of, now I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, nothing good comes out of Hollywood for children anymore. But like, I'm not seeing a lot of good movies that are of this caliber that have been so like well thought out it's it's um it does not have something to compare it to honestly i mean i love mm-hmm. the never ending story i, oh, I love yeah. i love willy wonka mm-hmm. it's dark mm-hmm. um it's roll doll mm-hmm. it's um and there's there's oh. there's one nothing with this presence nothing with just the perfection that it has spirited away that the animated Movie. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember yeah. his oh, name yeah 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 i mean that Miracami. that comes close in a way to a, it kind of this place it has in my heart and in in in, in endearment yeah to it. yeah and, and there's it, actually it something about you. there's something yeah. about artificial intelligence it's 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 the movie i watch when i have the flu or mm. if, I, if i'm uh, on my mm-hmm. deathbed or something mm-hmm. um <laughs> how many times have you been on your deathbed <laughs> not enough i got it, it's um <laughs> well and i think like even uh, if you look at some of like the the disney renaissance some of the mm-hmm. earlier ones like there was such like craft and you know dedication and mm-hmm. the songs were really well thought out and sometimes racist <laughs> sometimes like we always have to you know anything yeah. we look back on we can yeah. always sort of oh, criticize yeah. it but um yeah i mean obviously lots of problems happening and some of that and certainly even wizard of oz um can present some of that too but you know i just i love that there's so much like money and care and you know all of that for mm-hmm. a children's movie, like mm-hmm. I just yeah. think that's well, really lovely. What, what the Wizard of Oz says in the front, in uh-huh. the, at the beginning, is it's 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 talking to the young at heart, mm-hmm. right? And I, yes. I think um, artists mm-hmm. in general, some of us, I think I would talk for all three of us sure, here, sure. young at heart. Mm-hmm. I would much. say it. Um, all of your work, Aaron, and all of Hyde's work, and my work, and it's playtime. Mm-hmm. Totally. We're having playtime, yeah. and it's yeah. good, yeah. and it's and it's the kind of playtime we always had when we were kids, probably. Yes. Yeah. If you know, we were smearing shit. We were yeah, like, we were smearing, <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. um, and I, I, we lived in Alaska, um, for seven years as a as a youngster. Twice, it was two different times. Because you, your dad was in the military. Military, and we would drive up to Alaska from San Antonio and back, mm-hmm. and uh, wait, you would drive from San Antonio to Alaska, and we would go through Tennessee to Good see the relatives. God. And uh, catch up on our hill, which is not That's on the way. Detail. Which is not on the way, and catch up on our hillbilly, and uh, and uh, have our head shaved before we go. Um, what for a license? License tree sap. Oh I was allowed to have 
the hair I wanted as a child, even on, on, on a military base and everything. It's very, it's very different to grow up on a military base. You have neighbors of all colors and places mm-hmm. on this planet, and even in Alaska, you know, uh, it's just yeah. it's about your father's rank mm-hmm. and, and your mother's rank and and, and, and their uh-huh. place in the. <laughs> and, and and it's it's like and you reflect upon your parents as a, as children. That's kind of how you're raised in a way, and you have everything you would ever want. You have a YMCA, you have a gym, you have a library, you have a movie theater, you have grocery store, you have a mm-hmm. place to live because mm-hmm. your parents or one of your parents is in the military, and so it's it's just really kind of a protected little bubble, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, but. You can get bored in Alaska, if you know, because nine months out of the year, back when the weather was normal, it was mm. you know it was dark outside yeah. and cold, and uh, uh-huh. and uh, my dad worked in a supply unit in the military, and he was also a, a thief, and he we had <laughs> so much paper, typewriters, we had it was all typing paper, we had a plastiline because they used it for model making in yeah, the military. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had uh, plastic sheets that we used as shrinky dinks. I think they were oh more toxic than anything. Probably better, worse than the asbestos. And tape recorders, and and so we were just very creative kids. Mm-hmm. We we that was, you had a lot of art materials at mm-hmm. your disposal, and, and because your father was pilfering and we were, from the yeah, <laughs> and military we, and we base. were poor, uh-huh. you know, and so yeah. we didn't have, you know. I'm glad I didn't have Hot Wheels because I would have got spanked with those orange uh, road things. Because I got spanked with them when I went to cousins' houses. Uh, those bits of trash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've been you've been spanked by those. Yeah, they're terrible. Oh, God. Jeez. Yes. Oh, God. I got spanked a lot as a child. Man. I just gotta say. I will say, like I, I grew up around a lot of art materials, mm-hmm. but I was my my parents had an advertising agency. Yes. And so it was the best, you know, like we would go and mm-hmm. there would just be markers and color pencils back before, you know, they really used computers. And I have these really vivid memories of my dad um, sitting at a light table mm-hmm. and the way that he would draw, I just, he's always had this beautiful line quality about his, his drawings. I'll, yes. I'll never be able to draw like my dad he's he's infinitely better than i will ever be which is i've accepted well if you it. practiced Aaron, I know, if, I only, if you if you maybe cut tell, the glue time in don't tell art. my oh uh, yeah don't tell my uh drawing students <laughs> but like, i'm not that great at drawing and i've always been envious of it but i loved playing and i even loved playing with the copy machine like oh i just loved oh, yeah it was yeah. just the, it was like a, a playground it's a, a cardboard stuff. box and you had all this paper and you had all this stuff and mm-hmm. my sister and i would just we would draw and be goofy and just like watch I Love Lucy all day long. That yes. was our that was us. <laughs> that was our babysitter when we were kids. We 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 did all kind. Of, yeah, it was mm-hmm. you. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have uh, the instant satisfaction of mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. We heard a lot of the touch to TV in our house. Oh wow! Um, at, without permission, and you mm-hmm. know, it was it was. But create. I mean, I was a creative kid. Mm-hmm. I would have done all this. I played by myself. Uh, my brother was an animal and I didn't want to play with him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Brian, I wanted to get back to the idea of how much cinema you consume and how it does affect your, um, I would say your studio practice, ideas for, 
exhibitions. I guess where I got my love for filmmaking and, and watching films is my dad. And I, I had an Italian, he was a music freak, and I had an Italian soundtrack collection when I was eight, by, mm -hmm. by the time I was eight. And uh, I would listen to the Good, Bad, and Ugly soundtrack nonstop. Oh. And uh, I called the lady that was the opera singer on there, I called her the Star Trek lady. Because the, the beginning yeah. of Star Trek had that screaming, oh. and um, we we were film watching, and 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 my dad died when I was twelve, mm -hmm. and um, I I inherited all his film books, and uh, and that was the first time I read about John Waters was in seventy four, oh. I think when Pink Flamingos came out, and uh -huh. I, I was looking at this film annual my dad got every year, and it had a, yeah. a cult section that I always I read every bit of this these books, and uh, every bit of the horror books. And uh, um, just reading about John Waters movies and, and uh, the singing butthole. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, goes, and, and in my imagination, it was like Fantasia singing mm -hmm, butthole. Mm -hmm. You know, it was so disappointing when I finally saw that scene. And, and Pink Flamingos <laughs> is, is actually my, one of my least favorite John Waters movies. But um, I, I, I was just into these films and, and throughout For high school. For anyone that hasn't seen that film, Brian, can you... Can you just describe oh, what you're okay, talking There are people competing to be the biggest white trash family or something, and, oh. and they're, they're competing to be the most white trash, and there you go. Um, great basement rape stuff going on there. And I, I can't watch the poop eating. Because <laughs> it's real. Uh, and so it's just a hard movie. It doesn't have a lot of substance to it. <laughs> so you're going to draw the line there. Exactly. Exactly. I do draw lines a lot. And... Um, uh, female trouble <laughs> is political. It's smart. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious, and and it has more to it. it it's all about pop culture, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's a very smart John Water movie. Yeah. But uh, I, I was in high school. I, I would take. I had a I had a film book that I would get the tea. I would stay up all night watching movies, and, and starting with Elvira's movie Macabre and World Class Wrestling, of course. And then yeah. I would uh, I would do my homework. And uh, I remember the first time Eraserhead came on. And this was before Blue Velvet. This was before the other David Lynch movies. And I, I thought yeah. I had that checked off. And I had, I had to watch that. And I was, I believe I was in the, uh, the beginning of my first year of college. Mm -hmm. And so I would set up late and do my homework and watch the weirdest movies. And, and, and I, at, whenever the sun came up, the newspaper would come. And I would get the TV guide out and go through at everything I needed to watch. Mm -hmm. And I would watch things just because of a character actress or mm. something. I was just really, uh -huh. it was, it was so, it was actually hard to get through life being that way sometimes because I was just obsessed with it. But it later on became a, a coping mechanism. My mother had hallucinations and, and behavioral problems and drinking problems and drug problems and um, thyroid problems. And, and uh, yeah. after my dad died, it, it got way worse and, um, and so you sort of retreated. Into I retreated. Well, I retreated into the idea of what my mom was doing. Her performances mm -hmm. were wild. Oh wow! When she was tearing the, we didn't have any doors in the house at a certain point of my life, because oh, uh, they were all tore down because of my brother and his drug habit, and 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 even the. I hope he's not listening. And uh, <laughs> and and the. <laughs> He'll never find this podcast. I, even the the sliding the sliding glass door was shot out twice. Oh, you know, wow. at at one point. Um, and, and so when my mom was in her performances, I, I, I had, I had a, she was a very good mother when I was younger and she, she yeah. she's just, you don't know your parents until you see other parents. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as, as I got older, I right. started realizing 
they don't stab each other during dinner. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, you know, just that kind of behavior. And uh, so I, I was just, I would think of my mom as uh, performing a role. Mm. Yeah. Because she was a, it was a different person. It was a different person completely. And I had to be there for her when she came off of that. I had to be there for yeah. me. I had to, I had to, and I, I thought, I'm not going to hide from this. I, I, I watched it and made sure things weren't, going too bad and, and, and it hurt right. it did hurt to watch it but it, it saved me from judging my mother so harshly the good parts that were yeah. wrong mm-hmm. and uh, it allowed us to move on and have a good relationship other than that yeah. and, and, and sometimes it, it was really hard but uh, movies were an escape that's for sure mm-hmm. and um, yeah and, and yeah. horror movies are very cathartic for mm. if you have an emotional uh uh, problems, you know. I I, I internalize yeah. things. I always I had I had I was going to the doctor when I was twelve for a, a, um, a acid reflux problems because of all the stress I went in, and, and I was actually passing solids at that time uh, because I had so many rollades. I was passing uh, you know calcium particles through oh my, my uh, urinary tract, and it was very painful. And so, Jeez. you know, just because of the stress. Yeah. And uh, movies movies helped me. And then Wizard of Oz, definitely. You can't you can't find anything but happiness in that you movie. Know, and that's interesting, Brian, because I, mm-hmm. and I, you know this, but I've had kind of a stressful week with mm-hmm. like some teaching kind of stressful stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when Hyde, you mentioned that Brian wanted to cover Wizard of Oz, and I was like, yes, I think that's the movie I need <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, you need a five so, minute whiz. Yeah, but I. It's what. <laughs> it's what the doctor it's what the ordered. Doctor ordered. And I'm wondering, Brian, if you could be this sort of like movie therapist where people could <laughs> message you and say, like, I'm going through this. Like, what do you recommend that I watch? I, I, oh, that's a great idea. You prescribe. I would want to do it with somebody who could prescribe Ben and Jerry ice cream flavors or something too at the same time. That way we <laughs> yeah. can work in conjunction. That, that, you that's want the full therapy. Idea. You know? This could become a project, actually. I really like yeah, I think that you could help a lot of people, Brian. Because I think, and it's one of those things where you can get in a funk, and mm-hmm. if somebody tells you to watch something, and it's like a very specific thing, and then, you know, they can kind of maybe get out of like, they can kind of be pushed in a mm-hmm. certain direction, and it can be really helpful. Yeah. Even it's, if it's just for a day, it makes you feel it's, a little better. Strangely enough, it, I don't know what happened in the last four years, but I, I, I kind of only ever... <laughs> I do. I know what happened. <laughs> Ever want to watch horror movies? And I'm not sure. <laughs> I think this is like an extension of your, um, what do you call it? Disassociative I'm in, I'm, practice. I'm in a bubble. It's like <laughs> your mother's not having, uh, you know, like a, a, a nervous breakdown. She's acting. She's and acting. Like, I don't know what happened over the last four years. Nothing comes to mind. Oh God, no orange goblin. <laughs> oh, you mean Trump? Oh God. Okay. She said it. Trump is still skin. Trump is still skin. Sometimes I really feel like it didn't even happen. Sometimes it's like don't say his name. Don't say it. Oh, I'm sorry. There's there's so much, and, and it, this this movie is this movie is. 
candy. This uh-huh. movie is, is... It is. It is everything. And honestly, I, I almost want to cry with happiness when I mm-hmm. watch this movie. Oh, I totally cried when I watched it. It makes me feel... It makes me... It travels into my heart and makes the eight-year-old child mm-hmm. that that what they mentioned the child mm-hmm. within us here, mm-hmm. and it's like it 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 talks to all those children. I've I've always been Brian and I have this thing. We we, we can we can have look at people and we can see the child they were, mm-hmm. especially often with older people. You can easily do it. Oh yeah, you know, petulant or whatever, and uh, and you just see this vulnerable. Mm-hmm person inside of you that has strengths yeah. that has strengths but doesn't know it because it hasn't been reaffirmed yet mm-hmm. and tested mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. fda approved all right that is very poignant and unexpected <laughs> <laughs> it's like you provided us such a like wonderful conclusion brian yes. oh is, are we done i think we're probably gonna have to start wrapping things up but I feel like... I mean, but that was so beautiful and natural. I love <laughs> Well, and if any of our listeners want to reach out to Brian and get a prescription, um, I'll make sure to link the, his uh, contact yeah. information. <laughs> and, and don't... If, you, if anyone is in the Dallas area, uh, you'll have a chance to see um, the, the show, the... the membership show at the mac in dallas the mckinney art center um which brian has a video called five minute whiz and that is up until september 5th Mm -hmm. and 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 be warned i'm very proud of this Uh somehow Uh, there's an epilepsy warning on my video oh Oh, because it has like a yes fluttery yeah yeah like a strobe effect um hey tell it like just tell our listeners what is five minute. Five Wiz? minute whiz is the Wizard of Oz in five minutes, um, but um, you you do hear the speedy dialogue go by. I've done one that's in one minute, the Wizard of Oz in one minute, and that includes most of the credits, I believe. I think well, maybe I clipped them out a bit, but uh, it's 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 manipulated. The image is manipulated to. Uh, uh, to kind of create this kaleidoscope effect in a way. And um, so the movie's kind of quatrefoiled out. I don't know if that's a proper term for mm-hmm. this. And it's, uh, and it's playing in five minutes. And I've, took, I've taken uh, Judy Garland's Over the Rainbow from the movie, and uh, uh, ex- uh, sh- I made it... Did I do it for this one? No, I did not. I'm, I'm confusing the other <laughs> movie. I've made several Wizard of Oz movies recently. So this one just has the dialogue. It doesn't have the song. So so it, you just hear this chattering. Yes, this five-minute whiz, but it's... It, five-minute whiz has nothing to do with evacuating your bladder after a big goal. Well, um, <laughs> On a road trip, they, like a big... <laughs> every, I don't know. I, I don't want to... Something to do with the Mac. They, they, they've changed my titles a few times, like from five-minute whiz to the whiz and 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 uh one time we had a piece called uh sweet piglet pussy pie or something like that and it was about a, a cat named uh piglet pussy uh-huh. sweet piglet paulette pussy or something like that and they took the word pussy out oh uh, it's, so it's lame. like are that secretly because they are anti-feline could be could be we all that's we the all. patriarchy <laughs> can we i all are. can i share the whiz story the canadian whiz story Hide Canadian you, whiz what? story. You know, so we, as we mentioned at the beginning, 
we were in Canada and we would sort of take turns in the mm-hmm. studio and I would wake up, you know, and I would go into the studio and I would, so Hyde works in... Is this going to be a slut no, 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 no. Sloop. <laughs> it's not a sloop story. Uh, although there are lots of those in maybe future episodes, but so I would, uh, it was almost a shame. So I would go in and so Hyde, for our listeners who don't know, Hyde works in, is it like you work in watercolor or ink or like? It's ink. ink. Okay. Yeah, ink drawings. So like sometimes yeah. there's like little cups of water. And, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I would see like yellow. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's a yellow painting perhaps but then i would discover that hyde was just too lazy to go use the bathroom <laughs> and so, um, i was too in the zone erin totally. i couldn't take pee they breaks i had to pee in cups do you know how much extra large adult diapers are oh he but can't then, afford that on his artist but income. then the best part was okay basically i'm an animal and i don't go to the bathroom like <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm, I'm, so je- I'm so jealous because Brian smears his poop on walls, and I leave my pee in cups. That but was an early art phase. My favorite part but... of this was when then you know I'm like okay in the studio like the bathroom's like a good maybe like two hundred like one hundred foot walk or whatever. But then I walk into our bedroom, our shared. Hi. <laughs> And it's being And we are like five feet. Erin, you have to cut this out. It's horrible. You need to buy them a nice yes. journal. We had we had we shared one bathroom in this huge we did, house. We did. And and like I was just about to piss in my pants and I was like, I I, uh, I have to pee in and this he's cup. Like, Tell me that. Look. Well, you know, when you live with someone, you learn a lot of things about them. Yes. And and I am a regular urinator. <laughs> oh. And sometimes I like to collect it, yes. like Howard Hughes. Yes. yes. I can attest to that. I really, I'm not a pee fetishist. I just like forget to like toss it out. I had a out. friend's mother who went through the Wichita. Uh, uh, falls tornado uh in 79 i believe Uh and we just moved away from there that year Uh i lost all contact with my pen pals because of the tornado but um the uh she was so traumatized by it she would pee in cups and thought there was a tornado warning all the time as she watched the news and uh but she would pee in these cups but she also had these cups for drinking lined up like uh six dixie cups were sitting next to her lined up with water waiting for her to drink and then she had Pea cups as well. It's the dam- uh, there was Hi, do you have tornado damage? Cups. Do you have tornado no. damage, Hi? You know what? Hi, I think <laughs> within the... Like, basically, we were sort of, like, pseudo-camping in Canada. Like, it wasn't this, yeah. like, glamorous, uh, like, Canadian residence. I mean, it was lovely, but, like... I mean, and we also had, like... And I will say this. Like, we had a... There were a lot of fires happening in the forest area, so, like... And I was saving the pee to yes, throw on forest yes. fires. <laughs> or jellyfish wounds. Yeah. And, but there, there was right. something, like... It did feel like we were camping a little bit. I don't know what it was. Yeah, we were. We, we were, were sort of camping. Like, I... 
I will give you that high mm-hmm. that it wasn't. <laughs> we were not. We were not in a hotel or anything. So we d- we, we did that kind of stuff when we worked in. Uh, we used to do murals, uh-huh. and we would be on some very tall scaffolding. And and once you go down through the scaffolding, you had to go through the mansion and out. 500 yeah. feet uh-huh. to a the porto potty and 120 so you're gonna keep a jug up yeah. on just to go pee yeah and people you yeah. know the worst part is people go in there to smoke as well oh. and so it's like why punish your senses no just pee in a cup yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> why punish your senses <laughs> well hi do we want to um talk about our next guest i don't know if you know oh I- who you know, I don't know that we have anything I solid. I think we kind of do. Okay, then uh, go yeah. for it. So from now, and our schedule's a little wonky right now, so listeners, just bear with us. Um, but I believe our next guest is an artist from, he is living in um, Chicago, and his name is H. Skank. And he oh, yeah. has selected uh, Clockwork Orange, which is terrifying me because oh, I have not seen that, and I've mm. been afraid yeah. of that movie. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm gonna watch it. Um, There's art in it. I I can imagine. Um, and I, I've seen little <laughs> snippets, and, and there's a lot that I think um, I can see how it connects to H's work. But um, yeah, there's like the rapey stuff, like totally freaks me out. But I'm going to watch it. And I've heard that it's funnier than I probably think it is. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay uh. with that. But anyway, um, but yeah, so that I believe is our next episode. And then after that, we're going to take like a two-week hiatus because we have a show to do. Mm. Holy shit. Right. And so we're going to take a little break and then we're going to jump right back into it. So um, yeah. just prepare yourself. Aaron and I will be having a show uh, that opens September... 10th at the Fort Worth Community Arts Center. Uh, we're doing a two-person show Which, called Civil, Civil Lies. In Which, that fantastic space. Uh, I don't know, because there's like several galleries in that um, in that space. We'll be in one, one of the one spaces. Of fantastic I don't think we're going to be in the one you're yeah. in. Oh, okay. But uh, we had to sort of scale things down because of, yeah, lots of things. But, um... It'll well, lots of scheduling. scheduling yeah. yeah, and so it'll be it'll be good. Hyde and I have not shown. It's gonna be a fantastic like show. Years. We're badasses. Yeah. Well, and we're good together. Yeah, you are badasses, and and I remember going through one of your uh, shows that I had together with a fantastic artist, Celia Eberly, and we talked about taking matches to your work because we were so threatened by it. It was so beautiful. <laughs> that is the best compliment. Exactly. That's the best. That's a high yeah, compliment. So yeah. If you have, ever need a nemesis, we, it does, it's great for your career. We are, we have, um, our the show that we did together is one of my favorites, and so we have big shoes to fill, but I feel, I feel Give us something it. to hate. I'm, a, I'm actually excited to do this show because we we have not seen each other's work in person. It's going to be, So yeah. when we install it, that'll surprise. be... That'll be yeah. That'll it's kind of like Christmas morning where you're unwrapping gifts. You could get something really great, or you could get like yeah. an ugly sweater. We're gonna have to wait. Exactly. No, well, ugly no sweater. ugly sweater. Okay. Ugly sweater. Okay. They, they're level. I saw your I saw your pasty parasols. Oh my at, god, at, my pasty parasols. At Kirk Hopper, and 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 those were fantastic. Oh good. And that, it reminded me of my mother because my mother had oh. pasties. 
Oh, I love she that. She was a professional. She woman. had pasties. I so I love the paste, like the whip, the nipple covers. I mm-hmm. and like, and it's funny because I've gotten some before, not for like sexy reasons, but because I don't want to wear a bra, and like they. Cover my oh. entire breast. It's hilarious. They're great in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need anything else. I didn't know they could be used like that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, like, they're silicone ones, and they're, like, flesh tone, mm-hmm. um, and they're wonderful. But, like, and I... And there's Hello Kitty Band-Aids. I there. love, yeah, I love, like, the, the, the ones that are more theatrical, and I use them. I've been using them in my work lately, so um, they do make an appearance, and they'll make an appearance again in Fort Worth. Um, but... Yeah, so... So, Brian, do you have anything you want to tell us that you're working on right now? Any shows coming up? Um, I'm trying to work on the body of work where I I deal with my personal true life adventures. And and, and it's it's been hard to get that off, uh, off, you know, into the air because it's it's personal stuff. Mm -hmm. I I don't have a problem telling stories constantly. (laughs) And, um, but I've never... I I need to process them into a, some sort of zine form or something. There's so many stories, and and, and I, I I think I've got a direction for that, and so I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited about uh, starting okay. to do some of that. I'm going to have some studio time for that. Yeah. And uh, okay, the autobiography of Beanie. Kind of, it, it's Beanie <laughs> Peas Red is the first thing I'm working on. And, okay. And Beanie was Brian's nickname as a child. My real nickname, not, not the baby, baby Hitler, Hitler thing. Okay. And 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 it, it still is. And and if you look at my name on my driver's license or anything, Brian K. Jones. If you're if you have if you say it in Spanish, it's Brian K. Honis. So wow. that's a fine nickname too. That's very true. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian, for this excellent discussion well, about you. such yeah, a lovely yeah. movie. You're such a natural guest yeah. for this. Uh, I've been waiting. Sorry, we had to wait ten episodes. No, then, it's but, uh, it's given me time because I wanted to do so many other movies. Mm. I mean, I was like, it was yeah. The Shining mm-hmm. and Suspiria. Oh, yeah. oh. And you'll have to come back on for The Shining because no. I would love to talk to you about The Shining. There are that movie you can talk about for I've watched ever. it backwards actually. oh my god <laughs> okay I've got questions for you about that movie. okay all right yeah. Aaron you won't have any problem watching Clockwork Orange if you can watch The Shining okay okay good 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 that makes me feel because yeah. I can watch The Shining for sure mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I feel much better. it's my Christmas movie <laughs> okay well thank you so all much right. thank you guys well I look forward to miss you guys yeah. hope I get to see you soon bye, bye. bye.